Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. Come on, somebody shout out, without God, my faith is empty. It's empty. Today, I want to kick off a new talk and a new collection of talks, and we'll, we'll just go halfway today, because uh, I'll be conscious of the time, as I know you are as well. But I, wanna, I, wanna, I, I felt like this was something that we needed, uh, and I truly believe that this message is for this season. Everybody say, this season. See, if we could just grasp around that concept that the things that we go through in life is just a season. If you're going through a rough patch in the road, in your marriage, or in your job, or students with your parents, come on, where's my teenagers at? You'd be like, yeah, preacher, talk about it. My mama drives me nuts. Don't do that. Don't say it. Don't say it. Pastor B gets you in trouble. But it's true. But all of those things are a season. Now, somebody says, yeah, Pastor B, everything's great for me right now. Man, the checking account looks good. All my kids are blessed and highly favored. My dog looks at me and winks and wags his tail. That too, my friend, is a season. Nobody wants to shout the truth. (laughs) It's true. Everything we go through in life is a season. And the one that we're in right now, I truly believe this message is for this time. Because the truth of the matter is, we are living right now in some of the most, and have been for, for the past 16, 17 months, some of the most uncertain and crazy times that we ever have in our entire life. Would the church agree with me by saying amen? So many people in our community and so many people in our nation are being rocked right now with the virus COVID. And even more so, the Delta variant version of COVID. And then in Haiti, you guys just saw uh, on the news the, the, the earthquake that happened and the devastation that happened there. There is something happening in the world today. Now, don't, don't mistake me. This is not going to be a doom and gloom, hell, fire, and brimstone message. But the reality of where we are is no match for the reality of who we serve. Did you hear me? The reality of what you're facing is no match for the reality of the God whom we serve. Many families are experiencing loss of loved ones. Fear and anxiety is running rampant around the world and in our city. Just have a conversation with somebody at Walmart. Just walk by two people having a conversation. If you stand there for more than five minutes, I'm sure the C word, COVID, will come up. But as the church body, what we have decided to do is to push back on the kingdom of darkness that has been infiltrating our homes, our families, and and our friends, the lives of our friends. We're pushing back. That's why we took seven days to fast and pray. And for those that did that and joined with us, thank you so much. Your prayers and, 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 and your fasting, not a diet, but a fast, did not go unnoticed by our Heavenly Father. And I believe it's because of our obedience and our surrender and our sacrifice that we are going to see some of the most exciting days yet to come. Do you believe it? 
I believe that we're going to begin to see the hand of God move. There's a song that we played almost every night here while we prayed, and it's nothing is too hard for the working hand of God. There is nothing too hard going on in your life that God's hand, it is not settled, it is, it is swiftly moving. That's why, that's, why, that's, why, that's why you think it's bad now. Imagine how it's going to be when the Holy Spirit is completely gone from earth. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be here for that. Come on, somebody. So I want to talk to you today from this subject. Write this title down, Bible School Students. I know you're going to want to write this down. It's the title of today's message and our today's talk is this, simply, Against All Odds. Against All Odds. What I've learned over the years of being raised in a pastor's home and then doing things when I moved out of my parents' home that I wasn't proud of, Made some pretty jacked up decisions in my life. How about you? But one of the things that I've learned through those moments and those seasons was this. That impossible odds set the stage for, an, for amazing miracles. Impossible odds, impossible circumstances is the breeding ground for watch out. God's getting ready to show up and show out. There's an old saying that says every Goliath needs a David. I just think there's a whole lot of Goliaths running around, and I think it's time for some Davids to rise up and stand toe-to-toe for the enemy and say, this is enough is enough, and your head's about to roll. Come on, somebody. I feel like preaching up in here today. I think I will. I don't know what your giant is. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's you've lost hope in the coronavirus experience. Maybe it's the civil unrest in our nation. It, it should not shock you that all of this stuff has just been rolling in like a hurricane. I mean, marital issues and division. I mean, the enemy knew exactly what to do. Somebody said, did, 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 who sent COVID? I, I don't know who sent COVID. But I can tell you this, the enemy will definitely use it to his advantage. That's why we've got more people filing for divorce in the middle of COVID because they were put together in a house and they haven't learned how to be together because they've been on this social media thing trying to test out other relationships outside of their marriage. Come on, is this mic on today? And so I don't know what your story is. I don't, I don't, I don't know what your, what your giant is, but I'm looking, at a bunch of, I'm looking at a bunch of Davids. It's time for us to rise up and say enough is enough. I don't, know what, I, I don't know what it is for you, but I can tell you what the enemy, whatever the enemy is dishing out, we can't take it sitting down. Whatever we're facing, whatever he's throwing at us, we can't allow, we can't allow ourselves to face it unchallenged. It cannot be faced unchallenged. It's time to dig deep. And say, God, change us from the inside out. So many people are saying, man, if we could just get through this. Bless God, I don't want to just get through it. I want to get better because of it. I want my faith to become so, so much stronger because I trusted God through it. Let me ask this question. I asked this to our leadership team today. If Satan is fighting the church so hard, what is it that we don't see? What is it that he sees that we don't see? I'll tell you what it is. What is it? It's, it's, it's that we've never been positioned more perfectly for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. And he knows that, the, that if we can get together on this thing and stop worrying about what your church sign is out front of your building with your steeple and your church pews, if we can actually come together as the body of Christ the way it was designed to, the enemy knows that he's no match. 
for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say impossible odds. It's uncertain times. Now, the truth is we like uncertainty. Anybody like movies? Uncertainty makes a great movie. Right? Makes a great mystery. Suspense. Anybody like suspense movies? Somebody say, I thought you were preaching a message, Pastor. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to relate. Everybody say relate. He's relating. Nudge your neighbor. He's relating. We, will, we like uncertainty so much, we'll take an uncertain movie like the Titanic. We know the end of the story, right? The unsinkable ship, it goes down. Matter of fact, there's a line in the movie that says, even God himself couldn't, couldn't sink this ship. Y'all remember that? Remember that? <laughs> we'll take the certainty that that ship is going to go down and we'll flip it and we put a spin on it. Y'all know how the end of the movie goes. There's Rose and Jack on the, on the, on the, the, the headboard thing or whatever floating in the water. And it's Jack, I'll, I'll never let go. I'll never let go. I'll never let go. What you do? She let go. And then, and then, and then, Jack, come back, come back, come back. We like uncertainty so much that we'll put our own spin on it. But let me, t- let me tell you, uncertainty, it makes great movies. It makes great Netflix series. Anybody been binging Netflix? Where are my, all my OBX people at? Outer Banks, y'all like Outer Banks? Pogue for life? Pogue for life? How do you... Let me just tell you something. Uncertainty just doesn't just make great Netflix series. Uncertainty makes for a great life. But we don't like uncertainty. We like to know. But God wants to say, will you trust me? Uncertainty and suspense make great lives. Listen, the pressure that you are facing right now in this season is preparing you for greater purpose. Whatever you're facing, the greater the pressure, the greater the stretch, the further the launch. Somebody say, man, but I've been in a battle, B. I I don't understand why. Let me tell you why. You know why? Because you're better in a battle. Let me give you an example. I'm better in a battle because I'm not in my devotions reading my Bible and praying like I'm supposed to when everything's going good because B's got it together. I'm cool. But you let something happen in my home or in my marriage or, or, or car. Oh, God, I need you now. You're better in a battle. Don't become, don't become doubtful in the battle. Don't become weak in the battle. Come on, somebody say, I'm strong. I'm strong for the battle. Come on, say, I'm strong for the battle. And I'm strong in the battle. I'm, I'm getting you pumped up a little bit. I'm going to get you there. You say, I'm strong now. He wants you stronger. He wants you stronger. Sometimes God has to let a little impossibility seep in so that you and I can realize he's God, we're not, and he's in control. Jesus often encountered impossibilities. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17 this morning. There's a story in the book of Matthew that I want us to look at, and we're going to look at it in Matthew. He gives an account of this story, and then we're going to look in the book of Mark. He gives an account for this story, and then I said we're, we're not going to dive too far in. I'm going to just lay some foundation for against all odds, and then we're going to pick it up next week. I don't, don't miss. Don't miss next week. Got a secret surprise happening next week too, so don't miss it. Matthew chapter 17. 
Verse 14 and 16, I'm going to read from the NLT. It should be on the screen for you as well. It says this, At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. And a man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. What does that mean? <laughs> it means they tried, but they couldn't heal him. Can you just see the disciples, kind of like we do? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, come on. You got a need? Come on, come on, come on down. Come on, come on down. In the name of Jesus, bam, nothing happened. Wait, did I not say it right? In the name of Jesus, nothing happened. I wonder how many of us are walking through a season right now dry as a bone. Because what happened, what happened for the disciples was this. They were acting out of an authority or in an authority that they did not have. Let me show you. It's important that you lean in and get this this morning. Just declaring that God is going to do something but not actually talking to the God who can. That's how we do. I, I, I declare that it's going to happen, but I'm not actually talking to him. There's a pattern that Jesus wants us to see today, and it's a pattern that he was trying to teach his disciples. Before we go, before we go over to Mark, let, I, let me just show you this in Matthew chapter 19. Just flip over a couple pages. Matthew chapter 19, 16. This is another story. I'm going to put two stories together. Everybody say the rich man. Here he goes. Someone came to Jesus, uh, chapter 19, verse 16 says, Someone came to Jesus with this question, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good, but to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20, he said, I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions. This was the rich, rich young ruler. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have the treasure Excuse me, you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But the young man heard this and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Let me just say, it's not so much that you have many possessions, it's when those possessions have you. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle for, than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then, then, who, then who in the world can be saved, they asked. And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God. Everybody say, with God. I read all of that to say this, but with God, all things are possible. Now, just a, little, just a little study on the, the, the eye of the needle, because somebody's like, yeah, I can't see putting, anybody got a grandma that, that crocheted or, or not crocheted, what's the um, cross stitch where you, you put, yeah, all that stuff. Anyway, how are you going to get a camel through the eye of a little needle? No, 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 this is what it was. It, there's a gate around the city, and they left the gates open all during the day so people could pass in and pass out. 
pass in, pass out, come in and go out. Anyway, y'all get it. If people passing out, no, never mind. So, so I'm going to keep going. That's a rabbit trail. Sorry, I, I exposed it, and I'm still looking at it, so let me move away. But right beside the big gate was a small gate that a lot of them were, sh- were shaped like the eye of a needle. And what happened was, at, 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 when the sun went down, they would close the big gates. And if you were still outside the city walls with your camel, they're not going to take all that time to open up the big gates. And so he, what he was saying was, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to inherit the kingdom of God. You know how a camel actually went through that door? He got low. He had to humble he had, I mean, can you imagine? He's a camel. Why in the world? I've got to, no, he had to kneel to get through. Sometimes we're going to have to kneel and get low to get through some places that God's got us in right now. That was, just, that, that was just a little tidbit. The part that I want you to understand, whatever you're facing that seems impossible, if you'll if you get with God, all things are possible. But someone said, well, yeah, but I, I'm trying to win the lottery. If I get with God, God, you going to give me them numbers? If you win, just make sure you pay your tithe. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I, all the churchy people just got real churchy and offended. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was just playing. I, I, that, I liked you until you started talking about them tickets. I'm not talking about the tickets. But what I am saying is, sometimes when you learn to get with God, the things that you thought you had to have, he will change your desire for things. And then you, because then you're not going to be, but God's not, God's not giving me that. That's because God doesn't want you to have that. If you'll get with God, you'll learn, you'll learn the things that he wants you to have and possess. It's true. Everybody say with God. So how does this correlate with what, what happened in the other story in Matthew? Listen, anything that's impossible for man requires God's assistance. We're talking about the boys. We're talking about the disciples. The man brought his son saying he's, he's got a spirit. And they said in the name of Jesus and nothing happened. What is impossible for man is going to require God's assistance. If you're facing something that is, that is hard, if you're facing something you don't know what to do, what decision to make, what you need to do is you need to get with God and get his assistance. And don't worry about what everybody else says. Well, they were operating in the flesh. The boys. They weren't operating with God. Could it be that some of the areas that are attacking us today are attacking us in the flesh? And we're, we're attacking back in the flesh. We're trying to power through it. We're trying to muscle through it. We're trying to intellectually get our way through it. We're trying to look at the latest podcast, 13 Steps to, to Living Your Best Life Now. And, and you're looking at how everybody else is living. Stop doing things in the flesh and find out from God and find out from heaven what God wants for your life and for your family. At the end of the day, I've got, I've got to get with God. Whatever you're facing, get it to God. It's like the men. It's like the, it's like the men that, that brought the paralyzed guy to the house and all the church people were in there. Just, y'all remember that story and what they do? So he went up on the roof, ripped the roof off, and lowered the paralyzed man down in the roof. What they do? Because they knew they had to get If you can just get your situation to God. 
I talk to people all the time after church. Man, I'm struggling in this area. I'm struggling in that area. If you just get, get to where God is. Because whatever I'm facing that seems impossible will only become possible when I get with God. Somebody needs to write that down. This thing I'm facing, if I'll get it to God, it's going to be all right. Turn it over. Somebody say, turn it over. Y'all on Facebook, put that in the chat. Turn it over. Just turn it over to him. We did that this morning. God, this is the thing that we turned it over. Now walk away. You can't release it and then ask for a little bit of it back. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Same story, just a different viewpoint. Mark puts just a little little added um, bonus in there. Mark chapter 9, verse 21. And Jesus says, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a man believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That's a crossroad. I do believe, but help my unbelief. I believe you can, but I'm doubting that you will. Think about where we are right now. Think about the loved ones that were, that are, and friends and family that are dealing with things. I know that he can, but will he? This is my stance. Regardless if he does it the way I think he needs to, I will not change my mind and my stance on God. I say it all the time, you know, about our prayers. We get mad at God when he doesn't answer them the way we think he needs to. He does not need our help. Our prayers all the time are selfish prayers. It doesn't mean that it's bad, but he sees the bigger picture. It all, it all stems to trust. But now we're at an intersection of faith and doubt. Have you ever been there? Bringing something to Jesus because you know he that can take care of it, but you doubt he'll do it? Anybody? Just want to be honest? Yeah, all of us in the room. This is a beautiful picture for you and I because I don't, I, I don't know what you're facing right now, but no matter how you feel about it and no matter what it looks like, no matter if you're consumed with it, here's what we got to do. We got to get it to Jesus. Here's what I want you to see. That in spite of doubt, in spite of his doubt, the father's doubt, he still healed the boy. You can go ahead and read the rest of it. But what he said, what he said, what he said, ah. Yeah, what he he say, B? Let, Let me read it. Mark 9, 29. Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer because the boys asked Jesus what is it that we what what is it and he even later in the text I think it's in Matthew he's like for how much longer do I have to be with you 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 practically live with me you hang out with me every day you see me do and you couldn't do what I was doing because they missed the key what's the key if you want to have faith it takes prayer I told you that last week. And Jesus, every time he performed a miracle, it wasn't miracle, 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 prayer. It was prayer, miracle, prayer, miracle, prayer, miracle. The, what, what, they did, what they were missing was the power behind it all was prayer. 
And there's later in scripture, they actually said, they could have asked Jesus anything, and they said, teach us how to pray, because they finally got it, that his power was connected to his prayer life. We got a lot of powerless Christians walking around saying, thus saith the Spirit of the Lord, but they have no power because they have no prayer life. The reason we're not seeing things move and shift out of the way is because we're not talking to the one who can actually do it. We're muscling through it, trying to figure it out ourselves. And then we get mad at God because he hadn't stepped in and moved us out of the way. He's asking you, will you just step aside, take a seat, surrender it all to me, and I'll help you through this. Are y'all getting anything out of this this morning? Dude, it's firing me up. It was in Luke chapter 11. They asked, teach us how to pray. So let me give you the first point. If if you want to face impossible odds, here's how you got to do it. Number one, I must have impossible faith. Now that's an oxymoron because impossible and faith don't go together. I know what you're thinking. But when, when we face impossible odds, faith is imperative and faith and impossibility would not seem like they go together let me show you what i mean impossible means not able to occur or exist or be done impossible faith says it's a firm belief in something of which there is no proof somebody say impossible faith listen impossibility hates faith impossibility is like a non-hugger Y'all know what a non-hugger is. People don't, you know, you don't, you don't. I'm a hugger. Faith is like a hugger. Faith is like, faith is, (laughs) I'm not going to mess with you, Jonathan. Faith is like, come here. Y'all know that that one person, you know they don't like to hug, and you're just like, come here, brother. That's what faith does. Faith looks at an impossible situation, and he wraps it, you come here. I got something that you need. Now, you non-huggers, I know y'all loving COVID right now because y'all like, mm social distancing. <laughs> but come here. I got, you got faith? I got enough faith to believe we're going to be all right. Amen. Amen. But let me say this. God did give us common sense. Impossibility hates faith. Listen, right now. Whatever you're facing, if you'll trust God, he will show up, and his timing is always perfect. Always perfect. We couldn't be positioned better right now for a spiritual awakening in our country than we are right now. And I think that's why the enemy's pressing so hard, because he knows if we can just get together, we will become unstoppable. We are, we are meant to be the unstoppable church. The gates of hell will not prevail Listen, I told the leadership team today, I can't pastor without having faith. I I can't be a husband to my wife, who you guys haven't seen in a couple weeks because she's serving on the other side of this wall. I can't be a husband to her if I'm not walking daily in prayer and in faith. I can't be a daddy to my daughter who's back there serving too. I can't be a better friend to you if I don't have faith. Because you might be going through some bad things in life. And if I just tell you the stuff like everybody else is, it'll be all right. You'll just get through it. No, 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 no. You may be going through it, but God doesn't intend you to stay there. It can be better. I'm not saying, oh, when, 
I'm not saying if you get sick, you walk around going, well, I'm not sick. I see people all the time. They're walking around in, in the flesh and not faith. You ask a guy with a cast on, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. No, your, your arm's broke. Just be real. Acknowledge it's broke, but God's going to heal me, whether through the doctor who put this contraption on me or if he comes down and heals me in the middle of the night. It, God has not intended me to stay this way. Yes, this is how it is, but this ain't how it's going to stay. That's faith. Second hmm. hmm. Corinthians chapter 6. Sometimes I feel like I get so wild that y'all are trying to, like, slow down, B, slow down, B. We're trying to keep up. There's a world that's going to hell, and God is about, I don't know when he is, but I'm living my life like it could be tomorrow. I don't know. All I'm saying is there are people who need Jesus, and it is imperative that we get our act together so that, so that the world can see the church getting things right. Because we have something to offer. They, they're not going to get Jesus. How will they know unless someone tells them? 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says this, And just the right time I heard you. I said that verse. I put that verse in there. God, his time schedule is never yours. And it's never mine. But it's always right on time. Every time. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Let me, let me just say this. Don't, as you're turning there, don't let anything stop you from crying out to God. You know this verse, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, somebody say, that's me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and, oh, this is the part we don't, we, we, we squirm with, and turn from their wicked ways. Remember what I told you. Too many people want to be blessed and toxic. Because you, you can humble yourself. You can pray. You can seek his face, but I'm, I'm curious if you've truly got to his face if you're having a hard time of letting go of the things that's stopping you from becoming the man or woman of God that he's called and created you to be. That's not a judgmental statement. But when I see him in all of his glory and when I'm reminded of, of the, the filth that I was in and I'm still, I, I still got issues just like you. But when I'm reminded of where I was and where he has me today in spite of the fact that I lost my parents last year, in spite of the fact that I could have given up, when I remember that, then I'm like, God, help me to turn away from my wicked ways. The more and more that I stay at the foot of the cross and the more and more that I stay at his, in his presence and in his face, I don't have time to get involved in all of this, this stuff. Well, that just sounds so boring. Hell's hot, too. In closing, he's waiting on us to cry out. I hope you didn't miss it. I did a lot of spitting and sputtering, but I hope you didn't miss it. We're facing incredible odds right now. It's prayer and a relationship with Jesus that's going to get us through. 
I lay at bed at night going, God, what? What do we do? We're trying to relaunch the ministry, uh, the, the, the student ministry. And, and we're having to, we've had to hit pause for the, for the month of August. Just because, I mean, God, what, what's going to happen? And he reminded me, Bradley, have I not sustained my church? It's not yours. Have I not sustained this ministry through the pandemic? You got almost $30,000 sitting in the church account for a building fund in the middle of a, of a pandemic. And you're worried about your future? Maybe for you, this could be the very first day that you start something fresh and new in your relationship with God. And maybe for the very first time, you're going to begin trusting God's timing. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to trust you. It's the statement that I made through, throughout after my parents passed. It's what the Holy Spirit is, what got me through. I don't understand his heart. I mean, I don't understand what he's doing, but I trust his heart. That's true, though. I don't understand his heart, but I trust it. I don't understand it, but I trust him. And you're probably at a crossroad in life right now. I've got faith, but I've also got doubt. And I'm, so what do I do? Trust him. The next point, I know I'm winding down, but I want to give it to you. Write this down. I must trust God and keep going. Trust God and keep going. It'd be like if my car ran out of gas. I'm going to get behind and I'm going to push it. I'm going to push it until somebody else comes along and helps me push it. Come on, what I'm, I'm just trying to make this. I'm going to get, because I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep, because there's somewhere I got to be. And if I don't have the cash to put it in my tank to fill it back up, I'm going to push it. Somebody else is going to help me push until we can get it to a gas station. So when you go through things in life, you come into the filling station. Oh, Walmart temporary home and he will fill you but we're going to get behind you and we're going to help we're going to help you push whatever that load is we're going to help you push it we're going to help you push but when you stay home I know you can still get filled up at home I understand that but there's a greater strength when you come in here and get with somebody else that's had a rough week just like you whose spouse walked out on them and you're left with the kids. When somebody says, man, we're walking through this together. That's where the strength and power comes from. So I must trust God and keep going. Yeah, but Pastor B, I've been trying. I just can't do it anymore. Listen, last point. What do I do? Drop your anchor. I must drop my anchor. What's that? hope the Bible says that he is hope that he'll give us hope it's that hope is like an anchor for our soul I already told you I am a spirit I live in a body I am a spirit I have a soul and I live in a body my soul is my emotions my will my intellect it's all of those things and so when when things get crazy in life what's the first thing that goes nuts my emotions and the Bible says that he is an anchor for our 
soul. He's an anchor for your emotions. So when life gets crazy, and I'm talking to me, me in the room right now, I'm talking to me. When life gets crazy and I don't understand, I, I drop my anchor. I let it go. I let it. I let all that stuff go. And and his hope for my life becomes an anchor for my emotions. Come on, worship team. Everybody's standing all over this room. We're going to end just a little bit differently today. Hebrews 6.18 says this, So God has given both his promise and his oath, and these two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge, that's why we all came here today, to find refuge in the midst of chaos. When we come in here and find refuge, we can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And the last point, and we're going we're gonna to exercise it today, is to replace your worry with worship. Replace the worry with worship. They played this song the other night during prayer called Anchor. And I'm going to open up the altars. I don't know who you are. I don't know where. I love how they did it. My brother just found a spot down front. And I came in one night. And he, there's nobody up on the platform. You would have thought he was in a, in a, in a coliseum with 5,000 people lifting up the name of Jesus. But he was, just, he was just going to war. He was just declaring. I don't know who's in here. It doesn't matter what people think and what you look like. If we forget about what it looks like and actually get a hold of the Father, we might see some things start moving and shifting out of the way. I'm not going to keep you here all day. We're going to do this song as they prepare to transition. He's an anchor for my soul. If you say, man, I, 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 need, to, I need to just let it. Maybe you didn't raise your hand at the beginning of church when I said release it and let it go. And you want to come forward, nobody's going to come mess with you. You just, come, you just, you just get all the way up and just, and just begin to worship God and say, God, I have this hope. And it's an anchor for my soul. Maybe we can just turn these stage lights down and let's just let people feel comfortable just to come on. Come on. Come on. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.